How wonderful to feel the presence of God when we come together in his house and meet in his name. I love it. There's nothing I would rather do than to stand in his presence and to experience the Holy Spirit in our lives. And you know he wants you to know him. He wants you to know his presence. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants to touch you. He wants you to know him. And the only way you're going to know him is through the person of the Holy Spirit. And so I just praise him tonight. And I've really been looking forward to this evening because in these renewal services um, that God is, you know, laid on our hearts to do, and Pastor Garrett, it's to make us like new again. Sometimes we just need to be renewed. Anybody ever feel that? I mean, there's times you have refreshing, that you need the refreshing of the Lord. And we need to be improving. He wants a, a renew, to renew something is maybe to rebuild it, to improve it, to make it better. And that's what God wants us to do because I believe that we get stagnant in a place and we're comfortable where we are. And part of these renewal services and part of what pastor's been preaching is that the joy of the Lord is our strength, and he wants the joy back in the lives of his people, not for things or monetary things, but the real deep-rooted joy in our life that only we can get in the presence of the Lord. And that was such a beautiful song that she sang, because that's where we want to be, Lord, is in your presence. So being... I want to share the two scriptures that God has given to me because it's been a while. When you come just once a month, you kind of uh, lose gravity or whatever. And, but Romans 12.2 was one of the scriptures that I felt like God gave me this in regards to renewal night. And that was um, where he said, do not be conformed to this world or don't be patterned after the way this world is, but be transformed, be changed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable will and perfect will of God. And the other one was Psalms 51. And just to give you a little background there, David, King David had sinned against God and with Bathsheba. And Nathan, the prophet, confronted him. How many of you know God's going to confront our sins? It just so happened he sent a prophet to uh, uh, David, and he confronted him with it, and David accepted what the prophet said because he was hiding that sin, trying to for over a year until the time that the baby was even born, and that he did not want to recognize that sin in his life, and yet God God just jerks the cover off. If we won't recognize it, if we won't face it, then that cover is always ripped off. But he prayed a prayer, and his prayer was, part of it was, Lord, I've sinned against you and you only. And he prayed with great intensity. And the prayer that he prayed I thought was so beautiful because he said, Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within him. He knew he needed something to change in his life. And so he said, do not cast me away from your presence. 
and do not take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of your salvation. Release me, deliver me from the gift, the, from the guilt of bloodshed, O oh God. So there was so much, if you just read Psalms 51, where he cried out to God, and he, he, he knew he needed something in his life. Create it, whatever you have to do. Create it, create a clean heart within me. Because I've sinned against you, and I've tried to cover it, and it's not going to work. Because God will let us go so long and work with us to get it out of our lives and confess it and, and uh, take a authority over it and do what we should do. But there's so many things that stop us pride. Nobody wants to get up and tell what they've done. But you see, God knows, and he's not asking you to get up and confess it to everybody. But the pride in our life, he wants to restore us. And just like with David, you know, he, he said, create in me, restore me, release me, deliver me. He knew everything that needed to be prayed. And that's what we need to say. God, release me from this. Create in me that right heart. So God was trying to change David through that. You know, you're going to have to confess this because God changes us from the inside out. We try to change ourselves from the outside thinking it's going to get on the inside. But the truth of the matter is that God is changing us from the inside. And we've been a people um, crying out for miracles. But until our life, that heart, right heart with, is within us, that right spirit. And sometimes we say, well, you know, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. But that's where we need to go before God because we are to be a powerful people. We are to walk in the power and in the authority, just like, just like those in the book of Acts, like Paul and Peter and all of them. When they had come face to face with Jesus, something really changed in their life. So what I'm saying in this is that God is wanting to bring us to a new place of authority. And there's things in our life that are blocking the flow of what he wants to do in our lives. So he's changing us from the inside. And it's, it's not easy. I'm not saying that even some of the things I'm going to say to you tonight is easy. But it's to get you to begin to, to seek God. And God, is there anything in me that needs to go, that is clogging the power, that is uh, stopping the channel from flowing of your power? Because I believe this church is called, and we have a destiny. And God, I believe we're going to be an end-time church. And we've got to have more than operating in and through our life to make a difference in this world. Because we come in and we hear, but what do we do with it? Uh, you've got to be more than a hearer of the word. You've got to be a doer. So what God, with the word that's been going forth and and all that's been so powerful in hearing that we need to hear what he says and then put it into action because God is using him as lead shepherd here in this church to keep the word flowing into what we need and what we should have. And I wrote something. <clears throat> I ran across it today, actually a couple of things. And um, 
I, when he had asked me to do this, I just wrote down the purpose of what he wants to do in our coming together is to set us free with the understanding that God is preparing us not only to be healed, but to go and to help others and other, pray and others be healed and that we might understand you can't give what you don't have and only we can give out what the Holy Spirit has invested in our lives. And as I look out here, I know that all of you are gifted. He gives all of us a gift and he gives all of us amount of faith in our life. And so God is wanting to use that and he's going to challenge us to bring forth the things that he's wanting us to bring forth the fruit in our life. Because if the Holy Spirit is working in us and through us like he should be, then there, there has to be a humility in us, a letting down of pride, of letting down of uh, getting rid of all those things that would hinder us from going forth. So I know you all have heard this statement before, but if nothing changes, nothing changes. <laughs> you have to think about that a minute. If nothing changes in your life, nothing's going to change. And you've heard the definition of crazy. It's doing the same thing over and over, thinking you're going to get a different result. And it just doesn't happen. <laughs> but we all do that. We think, well, you know, why won't it work? Why won't it work? You know, but we keep trying. But as God is wanting to move everything and anything out of our lives that's hindering us from moving forward, he wants us to move forward. And I read, um, I had this article, um, and it was, you know, get ready for a church, church quake. Um, and the man that wrote it here, his name is Doug Stringer. And um, he's the founder and president of uh, Turning Point Ministries International. And he's got a huge ministry. And he just wrote what he felt like God was saying to him. And he just said that he wants us to stand on an unshakable faith, which we have. But we need to stand on it and stand strong in that faith. But one of the things he said, the Lord is searching throughout the church with lamps of his Holy Spirit, and shaking up those who are settled in compromise and complacency. Complacency. By the light of the Holy Spirit, God is searching out the dross and rubbish in our lives to purge and refine us in preparation for the days ahead. You're a people that God wants to prepare. He wants to do great things through you, and, you know, even Jesus said, greater things than I have done, you're going to do because I'm going to be with the Father. But I'm leaving my Holy Spirit. I'm leaving my word, you, God in us, the hope of glory, Emmanuel with us. He's in us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. So when we first did our first meeting, the first thing we talked about was, and I prayed, I think, most for everybody but that anything in our life that had taken deep root in us through our upbringing, through anything in our life that the, the things that we were taught that um, just took hold in our lives. Because when you live, your atmosphere and everything 
can change your life. If, if you see somebody's been raised in a rich place and somebody's been raised in a poor place or somebody's been raised in between, there's different things that go with each group that this group needs to change, that group needs to change, and this group needs to change because we've had things rooted and grounded in us and through us through what we see in our families to things from generational spirits that have been handed down uh, from our four, from fathers to the third and fourth generation. So there's all kinds of things. I don't care where you're from, what background you have, but there's things in our life that we've, you might say, inherited from this world. And so God is wanting to get rid of all of that. David even said, I was born in sin. <laughs> and we all are because the world is full of it. But... <clears throat> We prayed about getting all that out, and I cursed those things at the very root. And I said, now the next thing that's going to happen, God jerks that root and begins to shake it loose. But then things are going to begin to show up in your life. And the reason they're going to show up is that he wants you to recognize them and get rid of them. Because if you don't recognize what you're, uh, what's going against you and keeping you from flowing in God, you'll never change. And that's why he said, I want you to change your mind about things. I want to do something in you that's going to change your life. It's going to set you free, first of all. So as we prayed those things, then the last meeting that we had, offense. God had me to speak on offenses, taking up somebody else's offense, getting mad at somebody because somebody you love is mad at them, and you pick up their offense, and so then you get mad. And Paul spoke about, <clears throat> about uh, uh, in the word, about, uh, about things being planted in our life, seeds, and how they'll take root, and how those same seeds are the things that do get rooted in our lives. So God wants all of that out, the offenses, all those things that come up in our lives. Now he's going to begin to show you. But your part is you're going to have to see them. And recognize them. You're going to have to ask God, what is it? Instead of, why God, why is this happening? I think you said that. What are you trying to show me through this? You're wanting to set me free from this situation. But God, you're going to have to show me what it is I'm to do. What it is. Why won't this, this thing change? What do I need to do so that I'll be free of this situation? And if you pray that way, let me tell you, God will set you free, and he will show you because it's his desire. And just a, a couple examples, because of lack of time tonight, because I, I do want to pray for all of you that want prayer tonight, because I feel like it's important that we do that because I think there's things in your mind already that you know is holding you back, whether it's sickness or whatever it is. I believe there's a root cause you know, even for what I'm struggling with right now, there's a root cause. And I'm praying, God, show me. Show me the root cause because I believe your word. By your stripes, I am healed. I believe that. So if there's anything blocking that, fan, uh, that channel, anything that's hindering me from moving forward, God, I'm asking you to show me, reveal it in my life. And in 1 Kings chapter 17, if you all want to read that later, but it's a... It talks about Elijah. And Elijah, 
uh, had just went to King Ahab. And Ahab, the Bible says, was one of the worst kings ever. He was evil. And he was the one that married Jezebel. And um, he, God sent him to Ahab, the king, and he told him, he said, uh, now, I want you to tell the king there's going to be a drought in the land. So Elijah told him there's going to be a drought in the land, and it's not going to rain again until I say so. And God said, now, go hide. In other words, run <laughs> after you've told him this because uh, Elijah never brought him good news, you might say. So he, he said, I want you to go. And you know, God can still speak to people today. Do you believe that? He can. He, he's, he can still talk to you. He gave Elijah instruction. He said, now I want you to go to the brook Cherith, and there I'm going to send my ravens to feed you. Now I've got to tell you something because <clears throat> I was praying and asking God, and that morning, God, I want to move forward in my life. There, you know, anything, I, you know what I'm telling you, I, I talk to myself. Anything that's there, God, I, I want it gone. I want to move forward to you, with you. Show me what I need to do to move forward. Tell me. So I was praying that, and I was driving in the car, and I came home, and in my front yard was a raven. Now, I've never seen... I hardly ever see a raven, to tell you the truth. And it was blacker and coal, and it was slick, shiny. Well, my first thought was, oh, it's evil, <laughs> you know, because it's black, and that's your first thought. I said, oh, God, have I done anything? You know how you do sometimes. And it's just like, it's just like your choice. <laughs> because, you know, what I was praying, I want to move forward. And, and then I calmed down, and I said, you know what? I said, I remember reading about a raven in the Bible. So I went in, and this is my old preaching Bible. <laughs> it's kind of a mess, but I couldn't find my other one, so I thought, I'll just use my old preaching Bible. It's got notes in it everywhere. And so the funny thing was that I went in, and I opened it up, and it opened up right at 1 Kings 17 where he sent the raven. He said, I want you to go there, and then I'm going to send the raven to feed you, and you'll drink from that brook. Now, he just said a drought's coming. So God gave him a place where he would have water and where he would have food. And so anyway, he was there, and God fed him through the raven, and he drank from the brook, and then all of a sudden it dried up. And God spoke to him. He said, now I want you to go to this, the widow. But the thing that I wanted to bring out that God showed me, and I had written down by this very line in the Bible, God knows how to move you forward. He dried up everything that was right there. And he said, now I want you to get up and go to the widow. She'll, have, she'll prepare a meal for you. And so I thought, wow, he knows how to make us go forward. And I'm saying all that because he's going to make us go forward. If you love him and you want to serve him and you know you've got gifts in you, then you're going to have to let him dry up some things in your life that you've been feeding off of, that you've been drinking off of, that has satisfied you in so many ways that you're going to have to let go of some of those things. Because if you don't, 
he's probably going to dry them up to where that you have to get up and move. And I told him, I don't want you to have to do that. <laughs> Just tell me. But you know, we're still stubborn. We're still rebellious. We're still hard-headed. I always said, all you have to do is tell me, well, that hasn't always been true in my life. I don't know about you all, but I haven't always been really good about just obeying immediately because I was scared to, because I didn't want to. Lots of reason that you, you fight things that you don't want to have to do. So God makes a way for you where there doesn't seem to be any. So, you know, he went on and, and miracles happened with the widow and all that. But the point that I wanted to make on that is that when he's ready for you to move, he will dry those things up that are hindering you. He will remove them. He will do something in your behalf. And then if you just refuse to go, you know, he didn't show me what happened there because he went up and got up and went. But the other person that I wanted to bring this out to that, that um, today was that uh, you, is Moses. And, you know, just like with, with Elijah, you might have to do things you don't want to do. But he cares more about our work in the kingdom than he does about all the little things that we fret. Now, he loves us and he cares about them. I don't want to make that uh, that he doesn't. He does. But our job is it's not always about us, everything, because it's just not. Everything that we want to do or whatever is God has a plan and a purpose for our life. And personally, I'd rather fulfill that plan and fulfill that purpose than to go and do silly things. So anyway, Moses, again, um, that's in Exodus, let me think, I forget which chapter, I think it's 14, uh, about, um, I didn't even write it down because, <clears throat> 14, let's see, yep, so God called Moses to deliver the children of Israel, and as you know, there was all kinds of miracles that took place and, and everything. And, and even the children of Israel got mad at Moses, even during all this time of deliverance. Because um, when one of the plagues came, uh, Pharaoh said, well, okay, well, since you all have all this time on your hands, you, you, you double your workload. You have, to, you have to make double the bricks that you did before. So Satan, anytime God comes, he tries to make things look bad for you, that if you do this, just like what you talked about Sunday, about brokenness, and if you, if you don't turn, if you don't turn to God, how bad those things can get, because they keep getting worse and worse. And so there's a, a place of brokenness, I think, that all of us have had in our life through issues, through different things. So even though in the Old Testament that God, we're, you know, were people, were people just like they were. And it was through their sins that they got put into bondage in the first place and turning from God and those things. And so anyway, he sent Moses to deliver them. They were, had to do double their work. They griped and complained the whole time. 
And, you know, what are you trying to do? Get us killed here? We're, we're, you know, have you, God really sent you to deliver us? Look what's happening. Even all the, the miraculous that he did. And, you know, I don't think we're a lot different than the people of Israel today. We see miracles and, and things. And there's times in my life that when I'm believing God for something, I have to remember what God has done in my life to build up my faith that, that he is not done, that if he did this for me 20 years ago, he can still do it for me today. So when things happen or um, there's something come up, I said, well, God did this and he'll do it for you. What he did for me, he'll do for others. And what, you know, he's, he's no respecter of persons. He doesn't love one here any more than he loves us all. So that we can't say God doesn't love us each one personally. I believe that if I was the only one, he would have died for me on the cross. Because he loves me. And you have to know that in your life. So you have to remind yourself of all the miracles. I think if, if the children of Israel would have half reminded themselves that all God had done in their past, because memories are powerful. They're very powerful in your life, especially those where you've seen God move. And God healed me miraculously. So I believe in miracles. I know God uses doctors, but I know that he, I got up that morning, he spoke to me, he said, it's done, your knee is healed, all swelling was gone, there was no pain, nothing. And I got that night before and asked him, if you really heal like they say you do, would you heal my knee? It was bone on bone, and back then they didn't do anything. You just, he said, if you can learn to live with it, Otherwise, you'll have a stiff leg. And I was in my 30s, so I didn't want that in my life. So there's something about that memory and that miracle that no one can ever tell me that he does not heal today and he does not do miracles. And that wasn't the only miracle that I've experienced in my life. So if he, he can do things in me, without a doubt, you all have got a better head start than I had. At that time in my life, the only thing I had was, and the most important, was that I loved him. And I wanted him, if whatever was in this word, if he had more for me, I wanted it. And I went to him with my heart. And that's all he asked you to do. It's just, he doesn't look at the outward appearance. It's your heart that he hears and that he sees. So anyway, Moses led the people out and on their way after all the miracles and Pharaoh let him let all the people go they came to a dead stop in their journey and not only did they come to a dead stop but they saw the enemy right behind them Pharaoh had changed his mind and came after them to kill every one of them it said in there he said why why should we let them go we need them to serve us we want the servants. And so they realized that what they had let go was very powerful uh, in their lives. And that it was going to be a whole different world over there from that point on. But God sent out for deliverance and he used a man. He used one person to go. 
and you know you don't know that you might be that one person to do what God wanted you to do and how important your part is in this world today to change this world. God's got us here not to run from it, but to stand up to it because greater is he in us than he that's in this world. And you may have that, that gift. I don't doubt one bit that you all have a gift of God that he's using and that he is even wanting to take it further than where you are. He wants us to come out of that complacency, come out of compromise and all those things and realize and wake up to the fact that God wants to use us. Now, I have to admit Moses didn't want it because he was afraid to go back. But the more God talked to him, he decided to do it. And that's smart. And always we don't know the result of everything that we're going to step out and do. But very quickly, uh, they got to the Red Sea. And, of course, the, he had the, uh, spoke to Moses prior, a little bit prior to that. And when they got to the sea, they started complaining again. Were there not enough graves in Egypt that you brought us out here to die? They just started complaining. And I just wanted to say that that's one of the things that hinders our relationship with God. Because instead of uh, asking, what are you showing me through this? What are you doing through this? You must be doing something good that this has been uncovered, that I'm seeing this now, that, that you're ready to take me forward. It's not pretty to look at, but God, if this is going to take me forward, I want to go. So complaining and all doesn't help anything. It just kind of gets you in trouble. But if we can just say, not why, but what are you trying to do in our lives? And rejoice in it. Because, I mean, we all do it. What have I done? Did I do something? It doesn't hurt to check yourself, but you don't stay there. <clears throat> you know, if God's wanting to show you something. But they got to the Red Sea, and God spoke to Moses, and, uh, and he told them, he told, they were all crying out to God. And God spoke, and he said, why are you crying out to me? Move forward. Tell the children of Israel to move forward. Don't be crying out to me. Put your staff out there. What's in your hand? Put it out there. And the sea began to roll back. It said the land was actually dry. The land was actually dry. That they walked across on dry land. And God took, because they were led by a, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And he took the cloud that was in front leading them and put it in the back and caused darkness to come to where the enemy could not even see what they were doing. And I'm telling you, God will remove the enemy for you if you will do your part. And so the sea parted. They went across. The children of Israel went across to the other side. And sure enough, once they got across, the cloud lifted, and here they came. They were so rebellious against what God wanted that they were determined that even there, some of his men said, you know, let's turn around and get back. I fear this God of Israel. But Pharaoh was so determined, off they went, and they went in, and the waters folded up and drowned every one of them, every one of them. 
And there was purpose in that. He said, I'm destroying that enemy once and for all. That enemy will never, never come after you again. And you know what? That was a big thing. And, but it's a big thing in our lives when God says, that's enough. Right there, that's enough. And he's going to stop the enemy just like he stopped for Moses. That is a big thing to us. But look what God can do in our life if we just be obedient. Obedience is so important in our lives. So I just, I wanted to say all that tonight because he has a purpose and he has a plan for our lives. And it's, it's so vital that we begin to look at the things that God is doing in our lives and be aware and allow him to take those things out of our life that are hindering us because we are the temple. And you remember when I shared about uh, Jesus, about the uprooting, when they, he had just done, uh, where the, they laid palms out before him and everything, uh, recognizing him as king. And afterwards he got and went to the temple. And he said he went in the temple and he looked around. He never said nothing. He never did anything. He just observed what was happening in the temple. And the next thing he did, he went to the fig tree and he cursed it. And he said, you'll never bear fruit again. I'm cur he cursed it at the root. And the next morning, he went on and the next morning he got up and he went back to the temple. And he flipped everything upside down because of what he had seen in the temple and saw what was happening. We are the temple today. We are his temple. And he's going to flip things upside down. Because we're at a time in li our life that things are happening, that the timing, there's seasons for everything in our life. And this is a season in our life. And this is a season that God is moving. There's a time for war. There's a time of peace. There's a time to cry. There's a time to mourn. There's times for everything in our lives. And God is wanting to change the things that we have set up in this temple that are idols. You spoke about those idols. God wants those idols down in our lives. And a lot of times we just think there's something we do that, you know, we don't even realize we've set an idol up of money or anything in our lives that, that we worship that more than we worship God and put those things ahead of God. But he cursed that tree, got up, flipped everything upside down, and came back to the tree. And the disciples said, look, that the trees died from the root up. It's died. Whatever's in the, if the root dies, there'll be no fruit. He doesn't want that fruit. That's why in the name of Jesus, he cursed that tree at the root. He's wanting us to curse those things at the root in our life that they don't grow up and bear fruit. Because whatever's rooted will bear fruit. And whether it's good or bad. It's going to come out. And he wants us to realize that he wants to create that clean heart in us. And to renew that right spirit. Because he's renewing things. He's taking care of things in our life. We have a job to do. And he wants us to walk in that power. Just like greater even than the disciples walked in that power. That you can perceive things. You know, even Jesus perceived uh, Thomas under the tree. He said, how you saw, he said, I perceived. 
I sensed. We should be so close to God that we can even sense when something is going on or sense when we need to be at a place. There's so much more that he has for us, so many ways he wants to challenge us to go forward. So wherever you are, he's wanting you up out of that, and he's wanting to, you to go forward in your life. I don't believe there's any coincidence you're all hearing this tonight because God is wanting you up and moving forward at this time. Because when those seasons come, once those doors shut and you've missed your season, it's very difficult to try to make something happen when the Spirit of God, when the anointing was moving. And you, you shut God out. You close God out. And I don't want to miss him in any season that he wants to work in our life. <clears throat> so tonight as we... You know, I want us to, I want to pray for everybody that wants prayer.